0: Behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey Southwest Live for December 20th, 2020. Tonight's scheduled guest is Colorado College co-captain Grant Krushenck. Behind the Mask's College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by Verizon Wireless. Experience Verizon's 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business. Verizon Wireless, 5G built right. By Bell Ford. See our award-winning dealership at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix or go to bellford.com the nchc and nchc.tv subscribe to nchc.tv and watch the best in college hockey all season long behind the mask hockey shops visit any of our three valley locations or go to behindthemask.com and gear up for the new season on ice or in line cold beers and cheeseburgers 12 valley locations two in california your home for sports craft beers and made-to-order burgers. Roger Klein's Cancel and Tequila. For the best margaritas and more, go to mexicanmoonshine.com and see how you get your bottle today. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Stop in and pick up any of our award-winning sauces on your way home at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard. Caesars Entertainment Resorts. Anywhere you want to go, you can bet there's a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. And by College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe, ASU alumni owned and operated. College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul
1: Hornstein. All right, welcome in hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app, this is College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask Hockey Shop's. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, from that beautiful palatial estate out on Long Island, New York, Paul Hornstein, how are you this evening? Uh, When are you sending the landscapers
0: to finish shoveling? (laughs) That's what I want to know.
1: (laughs) Yeah well they're a little tied up <laughs> yeah well they better be because otherwise i want my the rest of my land jump, dude. let's go i hear you well uh i've been shoveling a little sunshine it got to 72 today so it was yeah, kind it's, of, yeah it's hard kind yeah. of rough, I, kind of yes, rough but yes. uh we, we we always talk weather first before we start our shows. so uh, this is college hockey southwest live presented by behind the mask our partners over Uh, at the three different locations here in the Valley. One, not too far from me on uh, Shea and the uh, 101 in Scottsdale, the goalie shop with everything that you could ever ask for. So we're thrilled to have uh, Behind the Mask on board with us. Paul, the college hockey just continues to roll on. There's uh, games being played almost every day. We're almost to the end of that now. We're going to take a little two-week hiatus uh, for the holidays. And then uh, as soon as uh, the first of the year hits January one, guess what? We're back to college hockey again.
0: Yeah, well, um, you know, and I, I don't, I, 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 don't know if we should start like this or, um, or mention the fact that uh, one of the more influential people in college hockey and uh, USA Hockey uh, is no longer with us. Um, I don't know if you—you you probably didn't get a chance to see it because you, I have a little more downtime than you do. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, you're did. talking about the one and only Art Berglund, correct?
0: Yeah, I mean, I w- we would be remiss if we did not, um, you know, before we talk about the the fun stuff, the you know the the, the on ice and the um, a guy that had so much to do with the growth of USA Hockey um, starting in the early '70s after he. Uh, got out of colorado college um, he ran olympic teams he ran junior teams he ran all sorts of world championship teams um, canada cup teams uh, he scouted he was part of you know choosing a bunch of different olympic teams um, and you know i i mean we kind of joke about the weather when we start but Um, I wanted to make sure that we didn't forget uh, to mention him and, you know, our condolences to his family. And, um, you know, guys like that are hard to replace, Um, not just for what happens on the ice, but they have so much knowledge and history and, and so much of the foundation of... Where hockey is, especially in the U.S. today, uh, without guys like that, uh, that uh, USA Hockey would not be where it is today. Uh, and, you know, in the last couple of years, USA Hockey's lost Jim Johansson, and now they lose Art Berglund. Uh, it's, uh, you know, like I said, I, I just thought we should mention it and uh, – it- yeah. And I and forget about it. And, and like I said, I know I have more downtime, especially, uh, at certain parts of the week than you do. Uh, so I wanted to make sure we got that in, um, you know, and you know, as a Colorado college grad, uh, you know, it, it has a little bit more of a tie into what we do here. And, um, you know, and our best goes out to the Berglund family and, uh, you know, it's it'll be a big loss, and it'll be hard to recover. Well, let what me he
1: let, let me dive into that because he did such a great job of talking about everything that he had done in his lifetime, which was uh, uh, he, he just lived a very full life. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting him twice. Uh, once at a uh, coaching symposium when I was a level four coach and did a symposium uh, at Colorado Springs, he was a speaker. Uh, he uh, entertained us, if you will. He was uh, uh, a great sense of humor. Um, he had all kinds of uh, stories to tell you. Anytime you had a question about anything, he had a story that was relatable. Um, so, yeah, it's many years ago now since the last time I was able to spend any time with him. But but be able to get two opportunities to spend just a few minutes with a guy like that and have him speak to a very small group and then give you one-on-one time, Um, it's really, really incredible. So, um, I do want to say that that's, uh, you know, just a, a terrible loss for USA hockey. I know for the Colorado college family as well, and and, uh, there's really no easy transition, but no, what I'm going to say right now is we, we do have a transition because, uh, we have, uh, the captain of the Colorado college Tigers. We also have the guy that's tied for second in goal scoring in all of NCAA hockey right now with us. So let's not wait any longer. Let's bring on Grant Kirkshank with us. Grant, you got Scott and Paul with you tonight. Thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.
1: Well, I'm going to start right here, Grant, because uh, you've been on a tear right now. I know uh, you guys had a late start, and we'll get into that in a minute. But how does it feel uh, to, when I say tied for second in goal scoring?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely nice. I think uh, as a group, we've been playing better as of late. I think we maybe got off to a little bit of a slow start. But, um, you know, I think that's probably warranted after uh, being in quarantine for 14 days and being off the ice for two weeks. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure many people kind of saw that coming. <laughs> uh, obviously, we didn't want to use that as an excuse, but Um, You know, I think it's definitely understandable, and and we cleaned up some of our details, and um, we have a really good, hardworking group this year, so uh, definitely like how we've been playing lately.
1: Okay, and you led me right into my first question, and then I know Paul's going to jump in with some as well, but um, what was it like captaining a team that that had to go through, first of all, the, the loss of last season, no chance at playoffs and that type of thing, and then all of a sudden, uh, you're getting prepared to go to the pod, and and you have uh, an individual on your team come down with with COVID, and you guys are all quarantined and, and and going through that. What was it like as a captain, and what did you have to do personally to uh, hold everything together, if you will?
2: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been tough, but um, I, yeah, I think last year was tough in general. I think um, you know it wasn't the season that we wanted, and and it wasn't the one that we were expecting. And, you know, and then obviously COVID hit and, um, you know, that's been, been tough on the country as a whole. So, um, I felt terrible for our seniors and, um, you know, we were actually on the bus on our way to North Dakota when the season ended. So that was, um, that was, that was definitely tough. And, um, you know, I think it was, it's hard to just end the season when you're, um, you know, so into it and, and on the way and ready to play North Dakota and, uh, one of the coolest buildings against one of the best teams. We were pumped. So um, that was definitely tough. And then, uh, and then, yeah, this year uh, we've had to deal with, you know, pretty much the same things relating to COVID and, um, you know, being in different locker rooms and making sure that, um, you know, guys are in different buildings on campus and uh, a couple workout groups. And, um, you know, we had a couple different skating uh, ice times uh, in the beginning of the year and then eventually we um, were able to practice as a team and um, you know it just seems like little things come up on a on a weekly basis but um, you have to be able to adapt and um, you know be okay with uh, some of the changes that are being made and uh, we definitely have a younger group so kind of took that upon myself and um, you know our coaching staff has been great as well with, with being understanding and um, just cr- trying to keep everyone on the same page and um, keep everyone motivated and, and on task and uh, on our details as, you know, preseason was, uh, you know, longer than expected. So um, that was definitely hard, but I think our group did a great job with it. And, um, you know, I think it's kind of been showing here the last couple of games.
0: Now, Grant, you were a captain last year and a captain this year. With everything that has gone on, because of all the adjustments that people had to make did more of handling that adjustment fall to the to the guys with the letters on the sweater uh, to 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 keep everybody together and keep everybody organized than would normally be the case
2: yeah maybe a little bit but I think you know as I touched on a little bit before I think we have a a really hard working and, and determined group. So, um, you know, it it hasn't been too bad because our guys are really motivated. And, um, you know, I remember my freshman year, how excited I was to play. And, you know, when you have, I don't know if it's half our team, maybe just under half our team is, um, freshmen or, or transfers, you know, everyone's excited to play. So, um, you know, everyone was competing on a, on a day-to-day basis. If we had captains practices, you know, they were really intense. You, you know, you would have thought the coaches were out there or, or they were watching. And, um, you know, we've had a, a great group in that aspect. And, um, a bunch of the the freshmen came in, um, being alternate captains or captains on their junior teams, um, you know, or earlier in their career. So we have a lot of great guys, uh, on our team this year. And, I think that's definitely made it easier on myself and, and on the coaching staff as well.
1: Grant, when we talk about uh, Colorado College for, uh, we just added you to our coverage area, you in Denver and Denver and Air Force. And I've been there a couple of different times uh, uh, to see the campus and to see that new rink coming up on campus. But tell our listeners here in the Southwest about Colorado College. What makes it unique in addition to the fact that it's an older campus and a very small, intimate setting?
2: Yeah, I think right away one of the first things I saw when I when I got to the Springs was just how beautiful it was. It's in such a great location. It's it's sunny every single day it seems like, and um, you know the mountains are obviously right there in, in our backyard. And um, you know I think with the with the rink being built, it's it's just really going to transform the hockey program and, and help. Um, you know, take it to another level. And and my cousin went to CC um, from 01 to 05. and so I'd kind of grown up wearing a, a Tiger's jersey and uh, watching him play and Serdich and Sterling and and some of those um, studs that were on on CC back in the day. And um, so I have a little bit of a personal connection there. And um, yeah, I mean it's a it's a great conference. It's the best conference in the country. So. Uh, You're playing the best teams, you know, every week and night in and night out. And, um, you know, you're never going to have an off night, which is, um, you know, if you want to play pro, that's, you know, those are the things that you need to get ready for. So um, it's a great spot, great location. The coaches are awesome. Um, The guys have been great. It's just uh, it's a great spot and a great conference.
0: So you're going to get to play next year. You know, all things being equal, if you stay uh, in, in the new building, is it going to have an Olympic sized ice sheet too, or oh, is it? No, it's
2: an NHL sheet.
0: Okay. Yep. Right, so, so now, I was going to say, why? okay, no, I, what? Well, next, because the next question I was going to ask is because he brought up, you know, how how deep the conferences, et cetera, and the best. Con- um, I, I want to get into this pod a little bit. Um, you, yeah, you guys got there late, but what's the experience been like? Uh, everybody says it's been like a junior, like a a junior or peewee tournament. Um, is, is that really the case or is it just, you know, it just, it's just an easy comparison to make.
2: Yeah, I think it's definitely like juniors in a lot of ways where, um, you know, you're playing three times a week or you're playing. Uh, back-to-backs or every other day. Um, I think a lot of us are um, loving it, honestly. I I think college players always want to play more games just because their season's so short. Um, And sometimes it gets tough when, you know, you you play Friday, Saturday, and then you don't play the next week. And, you know, you basically have two weeks off. That's, you know, that's obviously no fun. You want to play all the time. So, Um, I think personally, it's been easier to get in a rhythm. Um, it's easier to kind of get your timing down where, um, you can make adjustments a little bit quicker because they're, they're fresh in your mind. And, um, yeah, I think just getting the timing down has been, uh, been easier than, you know, say eight games over the span of a month or a month and a half, whatever it would be. Um, I think that part's been, been great. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. I mean, we, we love to play the game, and, and we love to, to play games, you know, instead of practice, I'm sure. Uh, that's how a lot of guys feel. So it's been fun. It's been a great experience. Uh, we got one more game here, and then we head out tomorrow, and, uh, and then we finish up our, our second half after New Year's. So
0: because everybody's getting tested all the time, and I don't know how many teams are staying in the same hotel that you guys are, do you guys get to intermingle a little bit off the ice?
2: Um, not really. Uh, uh, there are a, a lot of guys that um, you know do know each other from junior, and, and I have a couple buddies on other teams. But um, there's two other teams at our hotel. We had Denver and Miami, um, so I, I knew a couple guys on uh, on Denver. But for the most part, it's it's pretty much you know to the rink and and back to your rooms um, you know, or to the rink to get tested and back. Um, and then everyone kind of has their own meal room, um, and video room and and everything like that. So it's been important to get a lot of rest. So, um, you know, as much as you want to kind of get out and you'd think that you'd maybe be bored, uh, I think a lot of guys are finding that, you know, the time off that we have is really crucial and, um, it's important to get that rest. So, that's definitely how I've been feeling. And, um, you know, I think it's been nice to just kind of relax in between games and, um, and, and everything like that. Grant, how's the adjustment been
1: in the pod to playing without fans? We, we've asked everybody that we've had on, uh, every week about that, but was that an adjustment for you to get uh, adapted to that? Or was it once the, uh, the puck dropped, it was just uh, game action and you just did your thing.
2: Yeah. It, it honestly hasn't been too weird. I think, you know, you grow up playing without, you know, that many fans or just parents. And um, obviously it's a little bit different when you have a huge rink, but um, I think once the puck drops, it's, you know, it's basically like just any other game. And, and uh, obviously the energy is maybe a little bit different where um, if you're on the road, you know, you hear that the horn and the fans and, or if you're at home, maybe some chants are going for you, um, but it hasn't been—it hasn't been too bad, honestly. It's been uh, a pretty easy adjustment, and I know they have, you know, crowd noise, but for the most part, you don't really even hear it. So um, it hasn't been too bad. It's been nice. They have a couple cutouts in the stands, and um, so yeah, it's been good. You
1: know, we've been able to uh, to watch everything on NCHC TV, and and I commend everybody in, in the conference for doing such a great job. I, I kind of wish, Grant, that, that everybody would have uh, taken the same method that you guys. I understand it's not possible at the college level everywhere, but I thought the pod was a great idea, and then being able to come back and play your second half with our fingers crossed, as I say that, without any uh, major issues. But um, what were your thoughts on that when you first heard the pod idea and what you guys were going to be doing and how you were going to be playing hockey in 2020?
2: Yeah, we were just excited to play. I think that's kind of how everyone felt. And um, to finally have, you know, something on the schedule was uh, was really exciting. And, um, yeah, I think other conferences definitely could have done it. I think there's been uh, definitely more – Uh, COVID related instances with other conferences where uh, for the most part here, it's been, it's been pretty smooth. And the conference has done a great job with that. Um, I think maybe the hard part is, uh, you know, if if we were to do it again, you know, you're away from your families and um, you know, you're away from your home. And and so maybe that went into some of their, um, you know, decision-making, but yeah, I think for the first 10 games or, you know, we're getting eight. It's been, it's been great. Um, It's been a lot of fun and uh, it's kind of been nice to be on the road uh, where, you know, typically at home with, with COVID going on, you're not really able to hang out with your teammates. So uh, it's been nice to have meals and um, you know, video sessions and uh, just hanging out at the rink with everyone in in the same locker room. It's been, uh, it's definitely been nice.
0: Well, you talk about being on the road, uh, and because you guys got the late start, everybody else has played a a couple more games than you guys have, Um, even though the way they have it ordered is by points. You guys got 11 points in seven games. You got a couple of games in hand on everybody else. Uh, What is the mentality right now of this team as, you know, they're right in the thick of things with some pretty big heavyweights?
2: Yeah, I think that our team, you know, despite being really young, I think um, there's a lot of confidence in our group and the way that we play. Um, I think that our group has a, an identity this year where we know that, you know, we have to work hard and we have to compete for 60 minutes. And, you know, it might not be a, a six to five game. We don't really want it to be that type of game. We want it to be a close, you know, 2 1, 3 1, 3 2 um, you know, type game where it's, you know, tight checking, tight defense, um, you know, a very detailed and, and, um, you know, tight game all around. I think that's where we're going to thrive. And, um, I think we can frustrate teams with our work ethic and with our compete, um, you know, and then when we get our chances, we have to score. So, uh, I think it's been great. Our freshmen and our transfers have bought in, uh, our older guys that have been here have bought in, um, and it's been a, a fun couple of weeks so far.
1: Okay, so you've had a chance to play a couple of overtime games now and gotten into the shootout uh, and things like that. So uh, <sighs> how exciting is that for college hockey? My, my co-host hates the shootout, Grant. I'll tell you that right now. So, <laughs> But uh, how, how was that? Did you enjoy the three-on-three, and did you
2: enjoy the opportunity to, to get a shootout role? Yeah, definitely. I, I think I, I was a little more lucky with the shootouts last year personally, but. Um, as I've missed both of this year, but uh, our team's been victorious in both and um, I, I think everyone would like to see uh, the three on three more or to see the games end in three on three, but yes I, yes, yeah, think, yes, think, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think one of the more important things was they got rid of the five on five overtime um, you know where if you lost in the five on five, you wouldn't get a point. Um, so I think that was really frustrating for a lot of teams, where you know you play 60 minutes, you'd be tied, and um, you know, and you lose in that first five-on-five five overtime, and walk away with zero points. Um, where this year, I think going straight to three-on-three three is way more fun. Um, you know, both teams get a point, uh, and then ultimately it's decided either there in the shootout. Um, I, I love watching shootouts; I think they're great, but. Um, you know, I think when games are, are ended in three on three, I think everyone loves kind of the fast pace and um, high offense that three on three brings.
0: Now, when you're in that three on three, uh, when you're on the bench, do you have to? Do you end up holding your breath like everybody else that's watching, or <laughs> or, or are you just so focused on listening for the coach to tell you to get out there? If you you know if you if 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 you're not on the ice already, that you just kind of just it's just kind of a zone sort of uh, focus thing.
2: Yeah, I think uh, personally, I'm just super excited and I want to get out there and um, you know, like you said, just waiting for my name to be called and um, it's it's crazy how fast it goes by. You know, you're lucky to get um, you know two you know, maybe, maybe three shifts, um, you know, sometimes you're lucky to get one. So it's, uh, it's definitely super exciting and and there's so much space out there. And, um, you know, if you miss going one way or you miss the net, it can, you know, quickly head back in the other direction. So I think it's just, it's so fun and so fast paced that, um, you're just waiting to get out there and, um, you know, you want the puck on your stick. You want to make the plays and, and end the game. Um, and, and that's just how I feel personally.
0: All right. So Scott, we're going to put Grant down in the, let's move to seven and a half or <laughs> 10 minutes of three on three. <laughs> and the heck with the shootout stuff where, you know, we're actually playing hockey to win and not a skills competition.
1: Sure. Okay. So, so Paul, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, I think Grant is still a, a political science major. So um he's probably ready to go into politics and we can take this whole thing with us uh, in an affidavit form or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to try and have the commissioner on, you in, in, in a week or two. And don't, 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 don't doubt that if you bring it up, I
2: won't say it. So, <laughs> so,
1: so grand, am I correct? You're still studying political science. Uh,
2: yep. Yep. So that's yeah, a liberal arts school. So you're kind of doing a little bit of everything. Now, I, yeah. exp-
0: explain to us because, you know, when we've talked to, to Coach Haviland a couple of times, uh, we haven't really gotten into it too much, but you guys have a different system of yeah. taking classes at Colorado College. Now, we're, you know, none of us have really experienced that, so if you can just give us the, the layman's version of how they work it there.
2: <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, it's called the block plan, and um... – you know, as I just said, it's a liberal arts school. So uh, there's a couple different requirements that, um, you know, you have to end up taking that maybe you wouldn't take at um, just a normal university, but uh, basically how it works is you have eight classes uh, every year. Um, And so they're called blocks. So eight blocks and um, each block, each class goes for three and a half weeks. And so you're only taking one at a time. So you'll take one class for, you know, just about a month. Um, and then you'll, you'll have a four-day weekend, and then you'll change classes. So there's four classes for each semester. Um, like I said, you, you just go one at a time. So that first class goes for about a month, and then um, you switch classes to your second, and, and then so on. So it, it's really nice for uh, sports because you know, you're not managing three, four finals, uh, three, four classes of homework. Um, so that part has been, been really nice on the athletic side. And, um, you know, they might not have a a ton of different majors to choose from, uh, that are really specific, um, which is maybe, I guess the only downside, but, um, it's been great for athletics where, you can pretty much just focus on hockey and, and you're able to get your schoolwork done. Um, and the, the professors have been, for the most part, pretty good at um, being really understanding of, you know, what we have to go through on a weekly basis. So um, I've loved it. Well,
0: I was going to say, when, when, when you first were introduced to it, when you made the decision to go to Colorado College, were you like, what the heck is this? Or were you always enthusiastic about it?
3: Uh,
2: personally, I was more, and I guess have always been more worried or concerned, uh, or focused on the hockey side of things. Um, so I guess it was just maybe (laughs) one of the perks of going to CC. Um, Mm -hmm. I think when I was making my decision for school, it, I guess it didn't really have a, a huge factor in my decision. I was, um, definitely more concerned with, you know, coaching and, um, you know the conference and location and, and stuff like that uh, but it obviously is a huge perk um, on the school side of things and uh, how easy it is to manage you know when you have to play every week and um, and our schedules are so tough.
1: So Grant we haven't talked much about uh, you growing up and, and learning to play the game and, and for those that don't know you have uh, a few gold medals hanging around your house I'm guessing but tell us about getting started playing hockey and, and skating.
2: Yeah, I started skating at age two. Um, I started skating just on, like, a backyard pond that my dad made and uh, used kind of the the bucket to stay up and, um, you know, keep myself upright. And um, No, wait, 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 skiing, wait. wait. Time out,
0: time out, time out, time out.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, first of all, I grew up in New York City, so I, I don't know anything about these outdoor backyard rink things. I mean, I have an <laughs> idea, okay, but yeah. when you say a bucket – you gotta explain to people what that is because uh, if they haven't seen video of it or they or they have no idea um, how you learn to ice skate, you're gonna have to explain that to people. Because my ice skates were hoping that the wheels didn't move too fastly if I <laughs> went on a piece of black ice in the schoolyard. So
2: you have to explain yeah yeah. To so people. my dad would make um, a backyard rink. Basically, what you would do is you'd put up some some, uh, some wood or boards, um, you know, around the, the edges to make, um, you know, uh, a circle or a square rectangle shape, however you wanted to make it, uh, you'd put a a tarp down and then, uh, you'd end up laying some water on it. And then I would basically learn to skate by using like a, kind of like a paint bucket, uh, or a bucket that you'd see at Home Depot. And, and I'd put my hands on that. Uh, as a little guy, and and use that to keep me upright. So, okay, um, I, yeah, I was out on the ice, age two, so really, really young, and uh, tried speed skating a little bit, but ultimately just liked hockey um, more, and and liked the team aspect, and um, yeah, just fell in love with the game, and and have been playing it ever since.
1: Grant, talk nice. a little bit about your mom and and the the well, success that she had in speed skating because she was an incredible athlete. I remember watching her uh, win those gold medals. And uh, what was it like as a kid saying, that's my mom out there?
2: Yeah. I mean, she's just mom to me. I I think it's, um, it's cool to maybe, you know, see a video here or there to see what she did. And, um, you know, just to see what she accomplished is amazing. But to me, she's always just been mom. and, And same thing with my dad. He was in four Olympic games and Um, I think it's just the things that they've taught me in my, in my life that I'm so grateful for the kind of people that they are, the work ethic that they have um, the respect that they, you know, show people and and are given back is um, you know, is amazing. And and they've just taught me to be such a good person and and a good leader. And um, you know, everything I've learned has basically been from them. So um, they're great people and, and uh, great parents and, um, you know, definitely wouldn't be where I am today without them.
0: Uh, do they, do you, Do you guys challenge each other to races? Uh, I would get,
2: <laughs> I would get my butt kicked. Um, uh, <laughs> and then now my, my sister has gotten into speed skating and, uh, she's going to be legit. She is legit already. So, um, yeah, they, they basically both are, uh, coaching her and, uh, she's going to try to make the next Olympics. And if she can't make that one, um, I think she's going to make the one after that. So um, they've got a nice little family gig going on there while <laughs> I'm doing my own thing in hockey.
0: Somebody has to be the black sheep, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, okay.
2: Scott went back he yeah. went
0: back a little bit further than, than and I, not that I didn't, we weren't going to hit on that at some point, but uh, I wanted to ask Grant about, playing that game at Falcon Stadium. like He got his hat trick against the Air Force in that game at Falcon Stadium. What was that day like?
2: Yeah, that is um, that was one of the best days of my life. That was such a cool experience, and um, it was so unique and, and so cool to be a part of, um, and definitely a, a day that I'll never forget. I had uh, my mom made the trip out, um, I have uh, a couple cousins that live uh, in the springs and in Denver uh, so they were able to make um, the uh, the trip to Falcon Stadium with their families and um, and then my girlfriend was there so it, it was just so cool to have um, some really close people in my life at that game and um, you know to be able to play an outdoor game in and, and college hockey against uh, your cross town rivals is it was just so cool, and um, to be able to win that game and uh, get a hat trick was, you know, kind of the icing on the cake. It was just such a cool day, um, such a cool few days actually to be a part of, and um, you know, kind of get the tour of uh, of the rink outside, walk around, take pictures, uh, be there with everyone's family, and um, just enjoy that with the guys. It was, uh, you know, something that I'll never forget.
0: Did you feel? Uh, did, when forget, I mean, obviously the surroundings are different. But getting that hat trick when when you got out onto the ice that night or that afternoon, uh, did it did it just feel so different that I mean, did you feel any different actually going into that day than you normally do for a game day? Or I mean, in terms of uh, did you feel like you were in the zone from the minute the puck dropped <laughs> or?
2: I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it was just, uh, something that, you know, we were all just so excited for. Um, and something that you're, you know, you're trying to take in every moment because, you know, you just don't know if you'll ever get the opportunity to play, you know, a competitive game, you know, at a stadium like that outdoors. Um, so I think we were all just trying to take it in. And, um, the last outdoor game I played was, uh, maybe u 15 or u 16, um, somewhere in there. And, uh, I just remember how cool that game was. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was so cool to be a part of. And, um, it was just so much fun. And, and like I said, you're trying to take in every moment and, uh, just have fun and, and be in the moment and, um yeah it was it was just such a cool experience
1: all right so let's uh finish up uh by just talking a little bit of uh current colorado college hockey and talk a little bit about your line mates because i've had a chance to see i think all of your games in the pod and uh i've been so impressed with the way you guys play together is that something that's that's recent or is that something you guys have developed for a little bit
2: no i, I- Slavin and I had, had played together a little bit last year. Um, I think that we play really well together, um, but going into the pod, uh, I was on a line with Copeland and jutting. Um, and I thought that we had a couple uh, of good games with good looks, you know, the first couple of games, but we just weren't finding the back of the net. Um, and then we kind of got smoked by Omaha and, um, you know, switched some things up after that and, yeah, I I think that we just play really well together, the three of us, Slavin, Kazi, and myself, where um, it's a really hardworking line. Uh, You know, Kazi and and Slavin are, you know, opposites in the sense that one of them's extremely big and and the other's really small. Um, But they both work their butts off. They both have great sticks. Um, They're both just really, really good hockey players. And Um, when you have three guys on, on a line that, um, work and compete and skate, uh, and are able to make plays, I think, um, you know, you're bound to have some success. So we're obviously going to try to keep that going. I think, um, we've been playing great as of late and, um, we, we obviously really, really need to keep that going. If, uh, you know, if we want to stay on the winning track and, and keep getting points in these big games.
0: Um, just a side note, by the way, uh, Patrick's dad ran the pro shop. I don't know if he still does, uh, at the rink where I coached one year. So, oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Long Island um, connection right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and as last time I checked, uh, there, our team picture was still up somewhere in that rink, but I don't know. Um, a question about the pod in general, as I'm watching these games, I'm watching guys go to the penalty box, and I'm saying, oh, my Lord. It seems like all of the teams in that pod are just killing everybody on the power play. I think the, the overall power play success in that pod has got to be close to 25%. Um, is that making
2: everybody s- sit up and take notice? Yeah, definitely. Special teams has been um, a, a huge part of of winning and and losing in this conference. And I think especially early on in the year, it always plays a big factor where, um, you know, you can practice it however many times you want um, in preseason, but uh, it's always different when you get out there against a different team. And um, you know, you might not necessarily know what everyone's doing where, you know, we practice against the same guys for four months and you maybe get used to their tendencies and um, it's definitely a part of our game that we need to clean up. Um, but I think, you know, as I touched on really the only way to get better at it is to keep getting opportunities and, um, you know, you really need to figure it out kind of during the game. Um, you know, we can practice it a lot and, and you definitely get your reps in, but, um, it's definitely different visually, uh, in a game setting and, and against someone else. So, um, yeah, I think the special teams has been huge. You see. Uh, A lot of guys are getting, you know, points and goals on the power plays and, um, you know, teams winning games because of um, scoring on the power plays. So uh, it's a huge part of of the game of hockey itself, but it's definitely been a huge part of the pod.
0: Because, I mean, every time I turn around and somebody goes to the box, they're flashing the the statistics up on the screen. Uh, School A, 25%. School B, 30%. School C, 23% on the and I'm like uh do, do the guys know that they're allowed to kill penalties too or i mean <laughs> it's
2: just yeah i mean whole yeah moms. it's hard i mean it's it's the best conference right so you have yeah. um some of the best guys in the country um you know on the power play and and they can really snap it around and um make some really nice plays and and make something out of nothing and uh if you beat one guy it you know, can really end up in the back of your net really quick. So um, I, th- I think penalty killing is, is obviously hard. You're down one, uh, one guy, but, you know, when you're playing against some of the best players in college hockey uh, every night and um, it, it definitely makes it harder.
1: Grant, I know we kept you longer than than normal because uh, we brought you on a little early, and I know you got a game tomorrow early in the morning or at, at lunchtime. So, we certainly appreciate you uh, you coming on with us. I'll uh, I'll end my questions on this. If Paul's got one more, we can throw it in there. But um, just just tell us a little bit about um, the the expectations now. Once you leave the pod, you're gonna have a little time off, but then you jump right into battles with everybody in your conference and not really getting a chance to play well, not getting a chance to play non-conference, which is odd, I'm sure, but what's it like to jump right back into a home and home with Denver and, and all of those?
2: Yeah, those are going to be exciting games. Um, you know, we have the gold pan on the line and, and after losing it last year, uh, we definitely want to get it back and, and it's going to be great to, uh, to get right back after it. Um, you know, we only have a couple days off and, uh, we're practicing the day after Christmas and um, nobody's going home for Christmas. So uh, we're all staying there at school and, and in the Springs. And um, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to kind of the weird schedule that we have. We play um, North Dakota Friday, Saturday, Sunday in North Dakota. We end up um, having them travel to uh, to the Springs Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, So you have a a lot of maybe different scenarios than normal where you're playing three and three. Um, But, you know, that's something that we have to deal with and we have to manage and um, we're definitely looking forward to it. Paul, you got Uh, one more?
0: Yeah. I was going to say, just look, when you look at the schedule playing teams that compactly like that, I know, you know, as you watch uh, the NHL playoffs, especially, uh, when you start playing a team that many times in a row, by the time you get to that third and fourth game, uh, it gets a little heated. Do you expect uh, the tensions to be a little deeper
2: uh, when you guys play a schedule like this? Yeah, probably. I mean, uh, for sure, it's always there with Denver. Um, obviously, we're going to have a, a chip on our shoulder after losing the gold pan. and um, You know, North Dakota being one of the best teams in the country, you know, we're going to try to get after them as well. Um, And then I think going into the game tomorrow after we got, um, you know, we got beat pretty bad by Omaha, uh, we're going to be ready to go there. And um, those games are only going to continue, you know, to heat up and um, get more intense, you know, because we're only playing um, three teams the rest of the year. So um, we're definitely looking forward to it. I expect them to be really uh, fast paced and, and high energy and, Um, maybe a little bit chippy here or there, but um, yeah, I think we're just, uh, again, we're excited to play. We're hoping that we're able to finish the season, um, you know, and and just continue to play the game. Grant, thanks so much for joining us. I mean, that's, uh, uh,
1: I know you've got a very busy schedule and being in the pod and and we appreciate you taking time. Congratulations on the fast start for you personally. And uh, keep those Tigers rolling. Hopefully I get to see you guys, uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm planning on getting up there if they'll let me in the building.
2: Yeah, awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, Grant.
1: All right, folks, that's uh, the captain of the Colorado College Tigers, Grant Cruikshank, joining us. And uh, we appreciate Grant coming on. He's got a big game tomorrow as they will face off against uh, Omaha at uh, 11.05 Mountain Time, at 12.05 in the uh, Central Time Zone. See that, Paul? I got it right. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk a a little more NCAA hockey in uh, in just a few minutes.
3: Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located in downtown Tempe at 740 South Mill Avenue, College Bar and Grill is the place for the best local craft beers, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. A short walk from Sun Devil Stadium or Desert Financial Arena, stop by for lunch or dinner, game day or any day, College Bar and Grill.
0: We've all been there. We know what kind of gift to get someone, but sometimes it can be too hard to make sure that the gift is the right size or style. So we shrug our shoulders and try to think of something else. Well, if that person is the hockey player in your life, the answer is easy. A gift certificate or a gift card to Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Whether you go to any of our Three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com, our gift cards are the perfect solution. Sports equipment, especially hockey equipment, has to feel right to the user. And the Behind the Mask gift card allows you to show the player how much you care, and lets them pick out what's right for them, whether we're talking about sticks, gloves, skates, or more. Pick one up today at any of our Behind the Mask locations in Gilbert, Peoria, or Scottsdale, or at BehindTheMask.com. We're to have you with us.
1: The nation's top teams. America's number one conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal on nchc.tv. Your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading up to the frozen faceoff. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv.
2: Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award winning taste since
3: 2011. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused.
0: You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said It's been running through my head Locked and loaded All right.
1: Still got it Still got it Who's old now?
3: most situations not being able to make up your mind is not a good thing however at cold beers and cheeseburgers we understand who wouldn't have trouble trying to figure out which of our handcrafted fresh ground burgers to eat then finding the perfect cold beer from our line of 150 brews to go with it soothing your inner foodie feeding your sports fan soul Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers is the place to be. And with 12 Valley locations, that place is likely to be near you. The home of the Burger Challenge, Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers always has plenty of big screen TVs playing your favorite sporting events. There's a full catering menu as well. To find the location near you and see our full menu, find Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers at coldbeers.com.
1: All right, we're back. College Hockey Southwest Live, our Sunday night podcast, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, in the prime time, live on the Podbean app, as you all noticed by listening tonight. Uh, Paul, um, just a quick recap on on uh, Mr. Crookshank and just tell how, uh, how, how much of a class act he is both on and off the ice. Well, you know, it's great. Uh, you
0: know, sometimes when you're interviewing people that you've never met, Or, you know, as 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 we do a lot on here on the on these podcasts, uh, you're always a little edgy, a little nervous how it's going to go because you don't really know the person you're talking to. And that was about as smooth and, and and easygoing as it gets.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And for those that don't know, uh, his parents, very famous parents, Olympians, David Kirkshank and Bonnie Blair. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you uh, might have wanted to mention that, but, you know, hey, well, I think we get to I, it, I, it eventually. Yeah, I, I wanted Grant to, to just uh, have the spotlight because uh, I'm right, sure his mother would like him to have the spotlight, but I thought it was oh, worth yeah. mentioning that he is a uh, multiple uh, gold medal winner, uh, five gold medals to be exact, and one bronze. So... Uh, Comes from a very good pedigree, but what a class act to be able to talk about uh, everything and and all the things that they had to go through, getting to the pod and and that, and and the success that they're having. I don't think a lot of people in the country gave the Colorado College Tigers a a lot of um, chance to uh, to compete in this uh, really tough NCHC conference. But they're not only competing, they're beating teams, Paul. Well, you know, listen, they're 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 playing tight games. They've had a, a bunch of
0: games going to overtime. You know, they 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 they're they're right there just based on on, on the points themselves. I mean, they, they you know they they lost to St. Cloud in overtime. They went to a couple of shootouts against Miami and Western. Um, you know, the, the, they, they struggled a little bit early, you know, they played that first game, they were fresh legs and, you know, you get tired. It takes a couple of games to get in game shape, but they've been right there ever since, you know, including beating Duluth uh, four to one, pretty much dominating them in that game. Uh, You know, they beat Miami who, you know, they, they, it's just, if you've watched any of those games in that pod, they've just kind of gone back and forth and up and down. If you, Look at the, the standings in that conference right now. Uh, St. Cloud, who the heck would have thought that? You know, is tied for first right now with Duluth uh, with 18 points, but they've played nine games. Uh, Denver's played 10 games, and the Colorado College has only played seven. So they get a chance to, 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 to sneak up on some people even more um, as, as they go through these things. And you know when you win, and when you are in games, and you're playing uh, as, as well as they have for the most part in these last four or five, games, it's it's always contagious. It it just kind of builds up on itself. And you know, as he said, they are a young team, and they have a lot of first year and transfer players. So, you know, no one knows what to ex- no one knew what to expect, and. And and so far, it's 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 come up pretty
1: positive for Colorado College, uh, in most aspects of the game. Totally agree with you. And like I said, uh, you brought it up mentioning the uh, the the standings right now, and you look at teams like uh, Minnesota Duluth and Saint Cloud State with eighteen points, and then North Dakota with seventeen, Omaha with sixteen, Colorado yeah, College. they're with they're 11. kind of
0: under the the radar. Yeah. I mean, they kind of started under the radar too. You know, yes, yeah, yes. are they well, playing at home? I don't know if they're. I mean, I. Do you say can you consider this playing at home? It's, it's uh, not like they're they're you know, they're staying in hotels like everybody else.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing, Paul. They don't even get to stay in their own locker room very often. They they move teams around there uh, yeah. from locker room to locker room, so it's not always familiar territory. But um, a shout out again to the NCHC for doing such a fantastic job of uh, pulling this off because. I thought it was ambitious, but I thought it was the right move to go to the pod. Uh, It seems to have worked out perfectly, and and we'll have Commissioner Fenton on either Tuesday night or next Sunday. Uh, We're still working the details on his schedule. But as soon as he's on, I just want to tell him just, uh, uh, A, how thankful I am because the hockey has been fantastic, and I've enjoyed watching every one of it. And, And from the TV broadcast all the way down to the trainers that have moved stuff around and the bus drivers and everything else, uh, what a great job! And he definitely needs to be commended because it was a big undertaking. Yes, and, and get rid of the shootout. <laughs> we're going to have our political science major drop the paperwork so we can start the petition uh, to, to do that. Okay. Uh, oh, by the we way, up... and I, by the
0: way, just because you know, as long as we're talking, uh, as as long as we're throwing things out there. Um, you know, there's there's kind of another set of six degrees here because uh, Grant's parents are uh, acquaintances with uh, former major leaguer Lee Mazzilli, who was a speed skater growing up, yes. as well as a baseball player. Yes. Uh, and he went to high school. My, my, my cousins lived literally across the street from where we went to high school, and used to, we used to see all the scouts there all the time. Um, so... It just because it's six degrees and it just allows me to bring up <laughs> me. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. I'm... I hear
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. So, so before we, uh, we end up the show, uh, going long again, as we always do, I'm going to have you, uh, tell us just a little bit about, uh, your thoughts from, from Arizona state finishing up at Ohio state Thursday and Friday, they played, they, uh, they came away with a tie and a victory, which uh, I guess is a series win, Right. Um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, that, that it would be a series, that absolutely yeah, that would definitely be a series win. We, you know, we talked, mean, we talked about coming into this, though, Paul, about how great it would be and how different it would be if they were able to win both and actually yeah. pull a sweep out of it, and what that would have looked like as opposed to losing two. Uh, I don't know that either one of us thought it was going to be a tie and a, and a win for a- Arizona State, but it is what it is, as they say. We now have a uh, schedule coming up. Uh, for the second half. In well, it's about time. I mean, listen, you bullied <laughs> them into it. Well, I did two bullies. Let me let me pat myself on the back one more time. Ohio State started out Friday night with the Sparky logo, and, and I got on them from day one, uh, moment one, the puck, of the, the puck drop, whatever you want to call it, about they needed to put the pitchfork up there because I didn't want people to think that Ohio State was playing the club program at Arizona State, but they, they actually got that fixed for the second game and got nothing the pitchfork up there. There's nothing so yeah, wrong with Sparky. I'm just, I I'm just
0: telling you now.
1: I, I know. But talk to Coach Powers, and he'll tell you there's a difference between the pitchfork group and the Sparky no, no, no. group. I, listen, I so, totally understand that.
0: I, I totally so,
1: understand. I'm just – And, and never, I'll tell you, one thing. Saying, I'll tell you they, one thing. I'll tell you one thing. My good friend, rest in peace, Tim Gasson, the uh, Ohio State alum and the Ohio State of Ohio State would have – Absolutely had a fit. Had the wrong logo been put up for Ohio State, or had they been called Uh, Ohio and not Ohio State, or had had they been called called the Ohio State?
0: Let's not get into that because (laughs) we could do weeks and weeks and
1: weeks. Uh, I know on that. All right. So, so quickly tell us what you saw on Arizona State, as we have about two minutes left of our regular time. So, well, listen, they, they, you know,
0: they played three overtime games in a row. You know, uh, they they could have just as easily won those games, and if they had, they they would be on a six or seven game winning streak here. I mean, it's you know, could it have gone in the other direction too? Sure, okay. Um, but the coach is not wrong when he talked about uh, you know that they're they're not that far removed from what would be literally a, a one, two, three, four, uh, almost an eight game winning streak. Okay, and, and to, to lose those three games, that last game at Notre Dame and those two overtime games at Penn State in crazy ways. They could have folded. They were down 3 nothing in that game against Ohio State that they ended up in a 4-4 tie. Now, uh, listen, are we are is anybody happy that they they actually took the lead in that game and then gave it up? No, but they were still down 3 nothing. On day 35 <laughs> of a 36-day road trip.
1: Yeah. And then to come back and win the way they did uh, on the thirty sixth day of that 36-day yeah. road trip, well, they they have their hands full uh, as they start. They go up against number one Minnesota on the third and fourth of January, Of course in Minnesota. A very weird Sunday to- and Monday, by the way. Yeah, everything is going to be weird, Paul. But um, I mean, listen, I'm not I'm not complaining about it. That just it's
0: <laughs> probably going to be easier for me to watch on TV because. <laughs> It'll probably actually be, um, you know, actual television broadcasts, even if they're streamed, uh, on those days. So that, that is always uh, a better choice to go outside of,
1: uh, well, just purely being streamed. The only team that they did not face is Minnesota in the first half. Right. So they right. have four games against Minnesota. They'll do it about three weeks apart. Um, but they will get their crack at the number one team in the country. They will get an advantage on the third and fourth because three of Minnesota's best defensemen will still be with the World Junior team. Uh, I think I would assume, uh, um, like like the, like Demetrius
0: Cumansy said against Wisconsin, <laughs> if we were missing guys, nobody would
1: care. I, I know, and, and I'm not saying that people are going to care or that they should care. I'm just saying that it is a definitely advantage Arizona State to play them without them at least of two it is. games. So. So that's how, that's how that'll go. Um, and then the, the entire schedule we have up on our website, also on right. all of our social media pages, so you can get there.
3: Fortunately,
1: um, you bullied them into putting it out. So <laughs> I tried. I tried really hard because it was getting so close. And as I looked at it now, Paul, I, I'm supposed to be in Colorado Springs on January 1st, Denver on January 2nd, Minnesota on uh, January 3rd, and Minnesota on January 4th. I'm not sure how that's going to happen yet without the corporate jet. But uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see what what happens on it. Uh, again, we have to get through this COVID stuff and see who can get in and who can get out um, mm-hmm. of of the buildings because we're not sure how that's going to play out yet. But nobody uh, does. Uh, also, I just wanted to touch on Air Force; they were off uh, the weekend and they're off now until January, right, Paul?
0: Yeah, they're they're basically off until uh, the first weekend, and you know that same weekend, January second, January third, that or yeah, because they're not going to play on New Year's Day. So, um, you know, that's a long break for them. That's that's going to be tough because you don't get any chance to develop any consistency.
1: Yeah, and you just have to hope that all your kids uh, don't get COVID uh, during that time frame because when there's idle time, it can turn into bad time as far as COVID goes. That's uh, the opportunity COVID looks for is is the idle time and the, and the mistakes, I guess. But uh, hopefully everybody stays safe. Uh, I do want to mention also that we will have Commissioner Fenton uh, on with us uh, either Tuesday night or next Sunday. He has agreed to come on. He's enthusiastic about it. He wants to talk to us about the the way the, the pod went. And, again, we want to commend him on it. Um, we also uh, have uh, more great podcasts coming up. I am going to tease this a little bit. There's a, a week in January and a week in February where we will be doing at least whoever of us can get there, We'll be doing our shows uh, from the D Las Vegas. So if you're in Las Vegas, you want to come out and see us, meet us, do whatever, we will be there doing the show in mid-January and more details coming up in mid-February as well. But I'll tell you, they're they're scheduled right now around uh, Martin Luther King Day and President's Day. So that gives you a little tease. The NHL coming back, uh, the announcement's been made. December 31st, the teams that did not make the playoffs – can uh, begin training camp January third for everybody else. Some teams like the San Jose Sharks and the uh, Pashnik Boys will stay right here in Arizona because they're going to play their games at least to start in Arizona. They're going to have training camp at the uh, Scottsdale Ice Den. So uh, Brinson and Steiner will be right here at least until the start of the NHL season, and then we'll we'll take it from there and see um, what happens. But that's uh, the latest schedule for that. Uh, well, also-
0: I will say I will say this. Uh, and I don't want to take Zach's thunder away tomorrow night, um, but they're only playing games inside the division. And that will go through the second round of the playoffs. And for those of us that are old enough to remember those days (laughs) where you played teams in your division almost 10 times a year, oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, There will be a lot of new acquaintances renewed or old acquaintances renewed maybe is better a better way of saying it. But, yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Tomorrow night we've got a great guest coming on as well. We've got Jeff Ulmer, the uh, former uh, player development uh, coach for the Arizona Coyotes, former North Dakota Fighting Sioux. And I, I texted Jeff after I saw a tweet that he put out uh, on uh, watching the college hockey game against North Dakota when they scored eight seconds in. And, and he said, yeah, I know Jordan Kawaguchi scored the goal. But I want to talk about Shane Pinto and the three, what he called, pro moves that uh, he made in that one shift in eight seconds that allowed Jordan Kawaguchi to get open and score the goal. So uh, I sent him a message. I said, hey, will you come on and talk to our listeners about that because I think that's going to be fascinating. Uh, Jess brother uh, also works with the University of North Dakota right now as a uh, volunteer assistant coach. So great tie-ins tomorrow night. Tune in on that 7.30 p.m., and then Paul and I will be back with you on Tuesday night with another College Hockey Southwest Weekly, and hopefully Commissioner Josh Fenton of the NCHC will be joining us. If not, we've got a backup, so we'll uh, we'll be in good shape. And then, of course, Wednesday night, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, and we're bringing on the uh, head coach of the presenting partner, the Maryville Saints, John Hogan's going to join us. Mm-hmm. He's got all kinds of news to talk about as far as ACHA hockey goes, so we're looking forward to having John on on Wednesday night. Um, final thing, Paul Grant Cruikshank tonight means that we have now had the leading goal scorer in the country, and uh, Mr. Copper Rudd from Arizona mm-hmm. State with seven goals, and Grant Cruikshank from Colorado College, who's tied for second, with six goals. We've had the top two scorers, Paul, in NCAA hockey on our podcast over the last couple of weeks. So, a little pat on the back to uh, ITHSW podcast. How's that? Uh, it has your arm? I don't want I don't want you to break it. <laughs> back. Well, we we are shooting to uh, hit a magic number by the end of the year, and we hope everybody is subscribing and listening to everything that we have to say. If you don't want to hear us, at least hear our great guests. So take it away, Paul. Well, I we'll hope that's an opportunity to listen to because <laughs> it can't be us. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll let you take it away with your read, and we'll say good night with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers and De Niro. Behind the Masks, College Hockey Southwest Live on the
0: Ice Time Hockey SW.com network has been brought to you by Bell Ford, presenting partner of the Sunday special. Visit Bellford.com and explore the 2021 return of the legendary Fort Bronco. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, 100% blue agave, is used to make our unique tastes. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and order any of our three award winning flavors. Behind the mask, ice, in line, in net, up the ice. Whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. By Verizon Wireless, the 5G coverage America's been waiting for. Jesse Ray's barbecue in Las Vegas. It's all about the butt. By the NCHC. Subscribe to NCHC.tv and catch all of the action from the College Hockey Conference of Champions. Cold beers and cheeseburgers, sports, craft beers, and made-to-order burgers, 12 Valley locations and two in California. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, worldwide. It's where the action is, in the resort or in town. College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. Pre-game, post-game, during the game, the place to be, to be with ASU fans. College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask. And all of the IcetimeHockeySW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download at iTunes, the Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Masks College Hockey Southwest Live and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network.
1: Very well done, my friend. As we say, uh, big thank you to uh, Grant Cruikshank from the uh, Colorado College Tigers. Also, shout out to the Sports Information Director Jerry Cross for all the hard work he does and and his ability to get us guests. Uh, I, I give him a lot of uh, a lot of props, and I also give him a lot of text. So, uh, thanks to Jerry for doing that. Um, Thanks to you, Paul, for for bringing it as always and giving us this great open as you always do. Uh, we will say goodnight with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, and see you all tomorrow night with Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Good night.